Welcome to Into the Blue, a weekly look behind the scenes of the Tampa Bay Lightning with reporters Gabby Shirley and Chris Cran. Welcome back to episode 11 of Into the Blue. Gabby Shirley here with Chris Cran. We are both recording this podcast from home. Chris, I am freaking out because I don't know exactly what's in the background. We do have the tree, which was good. I had to move some laundry that was hanging to dry behind me. And up here is the fin of a fish, a massive fish hanging on my wall. Don't ask. It's not really mine. Um, But yeah, here we are. I miss you so much. I was back from the road trip Sunday. I still have yet to see your face in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a perfect Florida Christmas backdrop. The, the lit up tree and a fishtail. It looks great. But yeah, first podcast recorded me and you. We were both at home. It's weird. So um, this should be a good it's one. It's weird. My husband and my dog. It is kind of gonna... weird. And it's it's even more weird that I haven't seen you in forever. In like well, almost two weeks. Two I, weeks. Seen you. I know. I know. And Chris, yes, Crazy. I'm at home. My husband and my dog are going to come in at some point. So I'll just try to ignore them. We'll see how that goes. Okay. Well, with the tree in the background, right. we got to start with Christmas because this podcast is our last podcast before the Christmas holiday. Are you in the spirit? Yes, you have to be. <laughs> Today is Monday the 18th, the day we're recording, and we are a week away from Christmas Day, which is crazy. It always The month always goes by too fast for me. I know you're a big Christmas fan yourself and... It just always goes by too quick. There's nothing better than than this time of year, all the lights and the music, love Christmas music. And there's just so many things you can't take part in for the rest of the year that they're exclusive to to this time of year. So trying to soak it all in and enjoy it as much as we can. But, you know, there's just so many games going on right around the season. So um, hopefully we get the, the nice three day break there, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and the day after to enjoy some family time and and really soak it all in because this is the best time of year, at least in my opinion. I agree with you 100%. Yes, we play in D.C. on the 23rd. I have acquired tickets to the game, Chris, and have recruited my two brothers and one of my brother's friends to go to the game and then drive me home back to Philly. So hopefully they don't hate me too much because it is a bit of a drive, but they're going to the game. So that should be fun. Um, And yeah, then I'm home for... That's cool. That's a nice little exchange. Isn't that great? And we were we were going yeah, back and I forth. My older brother texted me just the other day and asked if I could get tickets. And then when I told them today that I got them, thank you to my boss, Brian Breesman, my younger brother was like, oh my God, wait, we're going? So he had no idea. So it was a little bit of a surprise. And I think they're excited. <laughs> How long is the drive? It is, again, I don't know what the traffic and or weather is going to be like, but I think it's like two and a half, give or take. Oh, that's not so, too bad. I figured it'd be more. Not too bad, but like, I feel like anywhere around the three hour mark is just tough. So, yeah, once you get past three hours, it's hard, but that's not bad. That's exciting. It's the first time hearing of you doing that. So, that'll be fun. What's your favorite like thing about Christmas that you can't have the rest of the year? Like, do you love Ooh. Christmas music, Christmas lights? Like, what's your favorite um, thing? Oh, hi, Rose. I knew you were going to come up. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, sorry about that. Right, right on, on cue. cue. Um, favorite thing about Christmas that we don't have the rest of the year? Um, I mean, decorations. I did a terrible job job decorating, aside from the tree, though. The tree looks great, in my opinion, but I didn't bring out anything else, Chris. I got the whole mm-hmm. nativity scene. I have, like, other Christmas decor Ooh. that is still in the box. Um, and the music, too, but I catch myself just, like, going to my typical playlist, which is terrible. 
It's not because I'm not in the Christmas spirit, but I'm I just know. in a habit, you know? Yeah, I have to force the Christmas music sometimes, but I've been listening quite a bit this month, really trying to get into the spirit. My favorite thing about Christmas that you can't have any other time of year is this fresh balsam candle I have from Bath and Body Works. Whoa. This is my favorite candle on earth. It's like the best scent ever, but it's extremely Christmas smelling. Um, so I can only really light it around this time of year, but I, I think I have three of these in my house right now. <laughs> It just smells so good. Like I, I love this candle, and this is the candle I told you when I when I got COVID two December's ago. I think this that candle is how I knew I had COVID because I lit it and I couldn't smell anything, and I put my nose right up to it, couldn't smell anything. So that candle's just played such a. It's been there for all the I big moments. I was going to say the candle. Life. So I love this candle. <laughs> it's special in so many ways. Mm-hmm. I would recommend to anyone fresh, fresh balsam candle from Bath and Body Works. It smells so good. Um, right up there with mahogany teakwood from Bath and Body Works too. Wow, best. I hope you have me for Secret Santa because I love a good candle. Do you? Do you? Mm, we'll see. <laughs> um, okay. We'll see. Anything else we need to discuss about Christmas and Christmas plans? I feel like I need you to dive in a little bit to your tradition considering you have three sisters and your three <laughs> sisters have a million kids. Yeah. Well, it used to be like growing up Christmas morning, the youngest would always start. I have three older sisters, so I would always get to open my gifts first. Now, 10 nieces and nephews, they all got to go before me and they all got to go one at a time. My my parents don't like when they all go at the same time because they want to see them all individually react to their <laughs> presents from Santa. So um, I have to wait forever to open my gifts now. So that part stinks, but it's really fun like watching all of them open their gifts but 10 I mean it's a lot and some of them are very young and like can't even open a gift because they're so young like they need help with it and my sisters like to watch them like slowly try to tear the paper off it's like a five hour thing watching them all unwrap their gifts so it's a little bit different but still very fun and um you know like I feel like before my sisters had kids you kind of it's different when it's just adults around for Christmas but when you have all the kids it it makes it a lot more fun with you know, Santa and all that stuff. So I'm really excited. It should be a good time. Do you ha- and you get to see your family. So it'll be a great. Wait, Christmas. do you have to get all 10 nieces and nephews gifts? Yeah, Whoa. I usually do. You- wow, you're a star. It's a lot. Good job. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, it's tough. <laughs> it's not easy being Uncle Chris. As he sighs. Okay, on that note, we're going to move on to some lightning hockey. What do you say? Yeah, that's probably a good good idea for a lightning hockey mm-hmm. podcast. Okay, perfect. Well, our second uh, <laughs> segment here, it's just one big one. We're just talking about the longest road trip of the season. Five games, Nashville, Seattle, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. And we'll talk about some topics that fall under that road trip. But Chris, again, haven't really talked to you too, too much. Haven't seen you in nearly two weeks. Give me your overall thoughts on this five-game road trip. Oh my gosh, it just feels like it was so long. I'm looking over all the games right now. So the Nashville game obviously was on the second end of a of a back-to-back tough game. We talked yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, that was included podcast. in the last one. Yep. So anyways, yeah, we talked about the Seattle game too. Okay, so three games since the loss to Vancouver, the win Ooh. in Edmonton, and then the loss in Calgary. Um I mean, to be honest, like I thought the Edmonton game was a very entertaining game to watch especially with the third period and the way Vassy played in the second period was really encouraging. Like, I think I still think, you know, he gave up four goals, but that was one of his best games of his career, in my opinion. Like he was lights out. And then the third was obviously really exciting. The Calgary game, 
you know, they didn't really have it for the first two periods. They turned it on a little bit in the third, tried to maybe replicate what happened in the Edmonton game. Couldn't happen. They lose that one. So, um, you know, that's the only thing for me is like those two games are obviously top of mind because they're the most recent. But even the Edmonton game, they won. But you don't like to see them, you know, have that second period and then have to really scratch and claw their way back into the game with, with this awesome third. Um, and they obviously weren't able to do that in the Calgary game. So still some road struggles. And the biggest thing, you know, I've seen you tweet about it. I've tweeted about it is just the second period. And for whatever reason, this team, they've struggled with the second period, even dating back to last season. But that road trip, I think they got outscored 12 nothing in the second period. So it was uh, they need to figure that out. Yeah, they really do. And that was kind of the theme, if you will. I didn't even initially bring it up. I had that stat ready, Chris, that 12, 12 goals to no goals. Um, Victor Hedman called the second period their Achilles yeah. heel. And then the Calgary game, it was extra disappointing because if they had won that game, they would have won the road trip. Three wins to two losses. But because they lost, they had a losing record on mm-hmm. the road trip. And I feel like that just tanked everyone's spirits. John Cooper, when I asked him, I don't even know what my opening question was to him, but his response was, this whole road trip was disappointing. We've come so far. We've been on the road for so long and we get four points. Like, come on. Um, so that was, yeah, that was tough. It was tough to lose in Calgary. Again, I feel like a win would have changed the whole outlook on those five games. Yeah, it would have. And, and like, that's a good point too, is just when you're on the road for as long as you guys were 11 days, like, you know, it stinks to come back from that. It's exhausting um, to come back with with what they did. It's it's unfortunate. But um, yeah, for I just I can't put my finger on this whole second period thing. People have asked what's going on with them in the second period. I just it's hard to pinpoint it to one thing for whatever reason, especially on this road trip. You know, I said before, like it dates back to last season, but especially this road trip, the, the second periods were just, you know, not only were they getting outscored, but they were getting outplayed pretty significantly during those frames so that's something they really need to focus on moving forward is just playing a full 60 minutes and you know that's something every team in the nhl i think struggles with throughout the year um but the lightning they need to figure it out and figure it out soon because we're really getting into the thick of the season right now absolutely and you're right there isn't really an answer again if it was that easy the lightning would have fixed it already but chris i feel like and perhaps i could be a little off because again i don't The second periods have been so bad, which weirdly is just making me think that the first periods weren't that good either. But I feel like even if we could say like we had the advantage, um, we basically just kept the score semi-close, whatever it was. But I feel like maybe in the second period, other teams just Mm -hmm. kind of wore us down. And that's when the goals started to come. And then third period, pretty good. But at that point that's when like the desperation I think kicks in in for our team, which is great, but you just want that to kick in from puck drop. So yeah, I don't know. Again, our players are well aware, especially of it. So hopefully it gets fixed. They fix it. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Especially too, just like, just because it's so hard to to come back in the NHL when you're down after two periods, like teams are so good at clogging up the neutral zone and, and defending like that's, that's the last place you want to be. So yeah, that's something that I'm sure they're they're focused on heavily. And, you know, in the past, like the good thing is 
when they've had these issues and we talked about this like back in the beginning of the podcast but when they have like one issue right in front of them and they're really focused on it they're usually really good at at correcting Mm -hmm. it so i know it's been an issue ongoing for a little while now but i think after this road trip like that's a focal point we have to be better in the second period so hopefully we see that over this next little stretch of games here before before the break but can you hear my dogs barking (laughs) it's a dog podcast today (laughs) It is. It's this is such a dog cast. <laughs> but anyways, in terms of other things on the road trip, um, Stammer, four goals in one game. First four goal game in his career. That's pretty I crazy. I mean, there were plenty of negatives, uh, if you exclude the third period, but also so many positives from that game against Edmonton. And yes, perhaps top of the list and or Andre Vasilevsky would be Steven Stamkos scoring those four goals. I love when John Cooper said that. Stamkos, like from the bench, told him, hey, first time in my career. And Cooper could not believe it. (laughs) He told um, us after the game that this guy has 500 goals and this is the first time he scored four in a game. I was I I couldn't handle it. Um, So I thought that was pretty funny. And yeah, when Steven Stamkos hits a milestone, he's been in this league for so long, Chris, it doesn't happen unless it's a big one like 500. It doesn't happen all that often. So I felt like that was uh, pretty cool to be a part of. You know, I'm saving that credential. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's a good thing to do. <laughs> Save all those big credentials. One day you're going to have a huge, nice display of all your credentials. But yeah, that was that was really cool. I mean, it is crazy that he's gone so long in his career and not had a four goal game, only the third player in lightning history to do it. Um, and it's good to see him scoring, too, because we know when he scores, they kind of start to come in bunches. And we saw that, obviously, in the following game, he got another goal. So um, hopefully that continues, because I mean, now you look, I think he's up to 15 goals on the year already. So that's that's great. Just those that quick little spurt, kind of like we've seen with Anthony Sorelli in those few games. Like it can really get your confidence going, and and good to see them starting to go in because he's had a lot mm-hmm. of chances even before that game. And um, yeah, just a really cool moment. Like I said, a really fun game to watch. The second period, despite the fact that they were under siege for most of it, like watching Vasi play, he looked like you know prime Vasilevsky, and and I think he's really starting to get his legs back under him. So between that and and the third period, that was that was for me, probably the best game of the road trip in terms of watching. Like, it was probably the most entertaining game to watch. Without a doubt, yes. Um, Other things, right, Chris, from the road trip, Mm -hmm. status of Victor Hedman. He missed the Vancouver game, the Edmonton game. Chris, I think there was a video that was shared on social media, but after that win in Edmonton, he was right there at the entrance to the team locker room. Huge smile on his face, fist bumping all of the guys. I thought that was really nice to see. He was so excited for them, especially – for Steven Stamkos, his uh, teammate and really good friend. Um, but he seems to be good despite missing those two games. I think he's back. Connor Sherry, back in action. He missed 17 games with an upper body injury. He returned for that Edmonton game, and he got two assists, which I thought was pretty nice. Granted, there were a lot of goals, but I think that's good for his confidence. Yeah, I thought he actually he looked really good mm-hmm. playing on that line. with I think it was Stamkos and Paul that game. Um, but you can see like when he's in the lineup, his skating, um, it makes a difference and it helps. Like, I think it might've been, I'm not sure if it was Brian Engblom talking about it on the broadcast or not, but I heard one of the broadcasters talking about just the way that, you know, his speed and coming into the offensive zone and pushing defenders back, like it was, it was helping a lot and and he's good on the four check. And, you know, we talked about him last, last podcast. That's a lot of games to sit out, especially when you're trying to get comfortable with a new team, but. You know, that's a big signing that they had to kind of another guy to kind of replace that scoring of the Kalorns and the Coltons. 
So having him back is is really big for the Lightning. Hopefully he can, you know, really become a big player for them going down the stretch for the rest of the season. So good to have him back. Good to see Victor Hedman back as well um, after missing a couple games. Like that was, it's good that that's not a long-term thing. And then you had noted um, some homecomings for a lot of players, it seems. Yes, which, right, Chris, this happens every year as our guys have more and more years in the league. They always get to go home. But I was trying to talk to them about different unique stories that were coming out of them being at least close to where they're from. Um, And a couple I just want to mention, John Cooper. Vancouver is kind of his home rink, if you will. And his dad now lives, give or take, like an hour from um, that rink. So we had an off day and he went to see his dad and he told me that he got there and his dad, who's 85, had no Christmas decorations. John said it looked just like an average Tuesday, which he was not happy about. So he hopped in the car, went and bought him a tree, some decorations, set it all up for him. I thought that that was awesome. Um, Another one, Brandon Hagel going home to Edmonton. His dad had arranged for about 200 family members and friends to purchase their tickets. He like reserved it online and they were all there. There were a lot of Hagel jerseys, including siblings, parents, grandparents, and then his dad's cousin, Cody, I shared this on the broadcast, was there as well. And he has Down syndrome. He had never been to an NHL game, but the Hagel family bought him a ticket for that game for his 40th birthday, and he was thrilled. I didn't see him at the game, but I saw a photo of him and Hagel post-game, and I thought that that was really sweet. Yeah, he looked extremely happy. That's cool. I didn't realize there were that many of his family members there, but... And good for the way the way the game yes. turned out because I saw your tweets from the game saying that, you know, they were all there at the beginning of the game and then the second period's going on and I'm like, oh my God, like this game, all his family's there and for them to win it in the third, again, I feel like we've talked about this game a lot already in this in this podcast, but that was a great game, a great ending and I imagine a lot of fun for them being at that one in And person. Chris, yeah, you just said it. The first period was fine score-wise. The second period was when um, the Oilers took that lead and it just did not look good for the Lightning. And after the second period, I snuck up to where they were sitting and said hi to Dwayne Hagel, Brandon's dad, and no one was thrilled with the way the game was going. So for it to turn around like that, they were very excited. <laughs> Alrighty, that's great. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad they got to go see him. Shall we go to the blue line segment? Let's do All right, it. You want to start? Shall I read the yeah. first question? All right. This is from Tampa Bay Lightning fan twenty one. Uh, when you're around the team, do you sense any defeat? I know we're a resilient team, and this season has thus far been disappointing. So I'm just curious if you still sense a fighting spirit from the guys, or do they seem deflated? Well, Tampa Bay Lightning fan 21, great question. Um, I definitely don't want to contradict myself because I said after that loss in Calgary, if you just look at the five-game road trip, that loss had them finishing with a losing record. I felt like everyone was a little bit deflated. But Chris, I feel personally, and maybe I'm just overly sensitive, although I don't like to admit that I'm sensitive, but I walk into the locker room sometimes after losses just miserable because I feel bad for them. I know they don't want to talk about this play or why they lost or a terrible second period, but oftentimes they're pretty, I don't know if pleasant is the right word, but they they do this for a living. They're professionals. They know how to answer the questions that aren't all that fun to answer. Um, so along these lines, like I don't feel like they're deflated at all. Um, I think, I don't think they're pleased with how they're playing, but I think they know how to handle it and they're still striving for 
whatever it is they're missing at this point in time. Again, we don't know why the second period has been tough for them, but I don't think they're deflated. I think they know what they have to do to correct things, and hopefully they get things corrected. Yeah, I think it's more frustrating than anything, more frustration. Like, they know that they have the pieces in there to win, and they know what it takes to win. Um, And you can just sense after these losses, particularly the losses where, you know, these were a little bit more earlier in the year, but when they were making some big mistakes that cost them games, um, you could sense the frustration with that. And just the fact that, you know, we know what to do and we know how to win and we know we can win, but we're just beating ourselves. And, you know, they're frustrated, but at the same time, I think it's, they're not going to give up. Mm -hmm. Like it's more just frustrating. Like, man, we should have won that game, but it's, it's fuel. Like they, they still, they don't strike me as a group ever that's going to just fold on the season. Like they, every game matters to them. Um, and yeah, going back to what you said about them being pleasant for lack of a better term, like after, after losses, that was actually one of the things that surprised me more than anything when I started working in pro hockey is just the way that guys can turn mm-hmm. the page and fans may take that as like, Oh, they don't care, but it's not the case. Like it's, it's the same thing after wins too. Like, um, you know, it's they know that it's just one game and obviously you don't want the losses to stack up. But I think they know like you're going to lose games throughout the year. Like it's just part of it. So it's it's actually kind of refreshing when you go in there after a loss and, you know, you don't have to worry too much about it being like this really hostile environment. I mean, there's obviously certain situations where that's the case. But, you know, for the most part, the guys are, are pretty good at, at turning the page and, and moving on to the next game. But again, I don't want that to sound like they're just turning the page and they don't care. It's, um, you know, it's just part of it. Like you're going to lose games and you have to move forward. If you just stick and, and, you know, sit on losses, it's going to carry over to the next game. So, you know, I don't sense any defeat from the team. I think it's just, it's just frustration more than anything because they've been in games and a lot of the time they've just shot themselves in the foot. Well said. Next question from Carl. Chris, this is just for you. Are you ready? I love it. (laughs) For Chris. Mm-hmm. I know you grew up a Lightning fan and have had different jobs across hockey. How is it different working with your childhood team opposed to a team you don't have a previous emotional connection to? I feel it sometimes may be more difficult to control your emotions. Chris, I agree with Carl. Your emotions are just out of control. <laughs> Kidding. Yeah, seriously. I'm Kidding. so emotional. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like honestly for me um, – you know, I've worked for other teams and when you when you start to work for different teams, like it's just you root for them like you root for, you know, the teams you grew up rooting for, like you're in the in the fight with, you know, you know, all the players and, you know, all the staff. So, yeah, I didn't have a hard time like rooting for for those teams, the ones that I was working for, obviously. But coming back and working for the lighting, it's just the best. Like I growing up like. I've said this before, but, you know, people have different interests. Like some people love video games. Some people love movies. Some people love music. Like I loved the lightning growing up, like Tampa sports in general um, were my really things that I was into. But the lightning by far were were number one. Like I've been to countless games as a fan growing up. So it's really cool. I think like the best part of it for me, like or I guess, you know, the question said, how is it different working with your childhood team is just like there's so many things that happened during a game that I can remember like sitting in the crowd and being a part of as a fan like I said I'm I'm not sure if it was on block party but you know like when Sonia sings the national anthem like that's something that I have heard hundreds of times as a fan like at games with my dad and 
Um, she does such a great job with the anthem. So that's always like a really cool moment. Um, and just all kinds of different stuff. Like, yeah, I've seen so many huge games in that building as a fan and now as an employee of the team as well. So it's awesome. It's the best. Like, it's where I always wanted to be. And on top of that, like all my family lives in Tampa, obviously. So it was the team I always wanted to work for. Family's all here. So it's been a dream come true. And hopefully I do a good enough job covering the team for you guys. I have to say it again. You're actually not emotional. I was joking. But um, Chris, I will say from just watching you and knowing you that you're already so knowledgeable, but your knowledge is enhanced by the fact that, as you said, you can remember all of these moments, being in the crowd for them, comparing and contrasting different things, previous players, all of it. I'm pretty jealous of that because I didn't grow up watching the lightning at all. Um, I think that's awesome. And the second thing I'll say, uh, family, friends, you made a comment before that sometimes when you see them after not having seen them for a bit, all they want to talk about is Tampa Bay lightning hockey, which personally I love and I am jealous of because Mm -hmm. my family, while they love sports, they want to talk about the Philadelphia flyers. Um, so I think that that's pretty cool. Even though sometimes you say, all right, I want to enjoy Christmas and not talk about Andre Vasilevsky's performance. Um, I think that that's neat that they're so interested. Oh, yeah. I already know my dad's got so many talking points on the team lined up for Christmas. He's just <laughs> he always wants to talk about the lighting. And this. so it's fun, though. I, I always enjoy it. Like, it's it just it's always been a thing for me and him growing up. So it's cool. But yeah, like it's it does help me with my job too. just like having watched so many of the games growing up. Like, it's crazy when you look like there's video from like Stamkos's rookie year that you can't find on the internet or that's really hard to find on the internet and that wasn't that yeah. long ago so it helps having like being able to remember some of this stuff from games that I went to because like for whatever reason finding anything beyond like you know 2006 and earlier on the internet is like borderline <laughs> impossible in terms of video so it's helpful but but it's cool like it's it's a great organization and obviously the team's had a lot of success so it's really fun to the plus minus segment. Chris, did you set a timer? Because once again, I forgot. Are yeah. we over our 30 minute mark? 27. Ooh, okay. Um, Chris, I feel like you did your plus first last time, but I had been ruling the going first. So I think you should go first again. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, unless you want me to. All right, I'll that go was, first. That was fine. an act of kindness right there. <laughs> sure, I'll go first. My plus this week is not lightning related. It is Baker Mayfield, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> you are going to get huge win so at Lambeau Field. Something for that. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. People don't like when I talk about the Bucks <laughs> on this podcast for whatever reason, but Baker Mayfield, huge game in Lambeau. I think, I believe it was a perfect quarterback rating, and I believe it was the first quarterback to, first visiting quarterback at Lambeau Field to have a perfect quarterback rating, I think. But, Either way, he played a fantastic game. A lot of people have been saying that Kyle Trask should be starting, and I think that's crazy. Um, so for him to come out and play such a great game, huge game, the Bucks needed to win it. I'm a huge Bucks fan, and that was just a really fun game to watch. Like One of my friends actually flew up there and was there, so I'm really jealous of that. But, you know, just a pretty simple plus this week. Nothing crazy. Baker Mayfield, great job, great game. Keep it going against the Jags uh, on Sunday. Do you see me tuning you out and fixing my hair? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no okay you're a birds fan <laughs> oh my god stop I feel like I'm borderline on the sickness train you can't make me laugh or I'll start like choking um okay 
no, I appreciate uh, your support of the Bucks. I wish I could chime in, but I didn't watch the game because I think I was on a plane. Okay. Um, but good plus. I support you as a good friend and coworker. My plus was, dun, 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 dun. Chris, I think you heard about it, but we had a staff trip to Banff. Know. Oh my gosh, these are not staying in. Um, my AirPods, but... I already knew this was your plus and I don't even want to hear about it because I'm so jealous. It was so fun. Um, I had gone to Whistler with two of my coworkers. This was before our recording of the last podcast, but it was still on this road trip. But then a big group of us went to Banff. We had a bus because there were so many people. We were had a lovely bus driver who drove us up. We did a gondola uh, saw all the beautiful sights, um, had some food, walked around. It was outstanding. Maybe some drinks too. I should probably add that in there in being honest, in the spirit of being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was such a great bonding experience. And again, I were together a lot, especially on the road. But oftentimes, you know, people are still doing their own thing unless you see them at the rink and then you're talking about hockey. So it was nice to be with these people outside of the rink and just chatting it up, having a time. It was a great, great trip. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Like that's somewhere I've literally always wanted to go, especially during like this time of year when it's snowy and beautiful. But I am very happy that you got to go and the people that you went with, I enjoy their company as well. So I'm happy for them too, I guess. <laughs> it was really pretty. I haven't even shared photos, but stand by. I will. Yeah, I've heard it's like amazing. So that's cool. That's I'm really jealous. Hopefully I get yes, there someday. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Give me your minus. All right. So my minus this week, um, something that happened to me today, actually, and has happened to me a lot recently, is just people who don't leash their dogs oh. or just like bad pet owners in general. Um, So I get it. Like people always their excuse is like, well, he's like, he's my dog. Like he comes when I call him, like he'll stay by my side. Like he doesn't need a leash. It's the same thing as like that. I would tell anyone who wants to get a motorcycle. It's dangerous. And people say, well, well, I know how to drive my motorcycle, but it's the other people. It's the other (laughs) drivers that you have to worry about people on their phones, people swerving it out of lanes. Like you never know with someone else. This, this exact thing applies to the dog thing. Your dog may be the best dog on earth. He may be, he or she may be so well behaved, but other dogs aren't like some dogs don't like other dogs. And, you know, it, all it takes is someone walking along with their dog, not on a leash. And then someone has their dog and they're not, you know, maybe they don't get along well with other dogs for whatever reason. And they start going crazy and then something bad can happen. So like, I get it. Your dog is good. Like, that's great. But you have to follow the rules just like everyone else does. Keep your dog on a leash, especially in like, high traffic areas like i don't know if this person listens to the podcast and if they do maybe they'll take it as a piece of advice but someone was walking right in front of the arena today when i was leaving walking along channel side drive with their dog just not on a leash and i'm like i feel like for especially high you know what i mean like high traffic areas like that it's just not a fan of that and then also just touching on like bad pet owners people that don't pick up their dog poop (laughs) just know that you are scum of the earth And you will face the consequences in the afterlife. Yeah, that's quite a minus. And I agree with you. I am glad to know that this was just your observation and that Oshi and or Maya didn't get into a fight with another dog that wasn't leashed. No, no dog fights. Thank God. It was just, yeah, someone 
I was just shocked like when I was leaving work and saw someone in that you area, were ready to get into a dog like, just walking fight. right on down channel side <laughs> drive but yeah seriously but you know I'm not gonna say anything there's just a lot going on on that sidewalk people walking in fours blocking mm. the sidewalk people walking without their dogs leashed what's going on down <laughs> what there? is going on yeah okay I agree with you yeah, I usually keep Rosie on a leash in public. I'm not one of those people, I promise. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so Chris, this minus is really silly and is an absolute reflection of how difficult my life is right now, aka it's grand, nothing really is going wrong. <laughs> um, I said this on the podcast before as a plus that um, we did breakfast for dinner, which I'm still standing by. I think Uh-oh. it's the best. After 11 days on the road, Chris, I landed in Tampa at around 4.30, give or take. I was either going to go a super healthy route and like make a salad or I was going to have breakfast for dinner. And we had breakfast for dinner. It was wonderful. Um, But today Mm. I went to the fridge maybe to have a leftover pancake and the syrup, which also I feel like we could debate the pronunciation of that. The syrup is in the fridge. There is no way syrup needs to be in the fridge. It's not a requirement. If you put it on a hot pancake, it's cold. It doesn't really work. That's my minus. Syrup, if it's opened, closed, it's just in the pantry. Mm. It doesn't need to be refrigerated. We have never done that in my house. Clay does it, and I don't like it. Thoughts? Hmm. Oh, see, this is tough for me because, like, I agree with you probably. It probably. probably you don't eat pancakes? Refrigerated, but... Oh my, what about waffles? I feel like I did growing up. (laughs) What about waffles? Well, I used to always, uh, um, when I was young, I used to always eat like the mini French toast, like Eggo waffles, but I would just put butter on them and that was it. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's not like I don't eat syrup, but I'm just thinking like, I agree, it probably should just be room temperature, but sometimes I like the contrast of like something hot and something cold. I can't with you. Like I could actually kind of see how that would be enjoyable, but. I can't with you. Yeah, I'm also, sorry. But but I think, I I mean, I said I agree. Yeah, but kind of. I should also add, I'm not having syrup and pancakes every other day. So from that perspective, it just takes up so much room in the fridge. Like, just put it in the back of the pantry for the odd mm. breakfast or dinner night, and we're all good. But I just saw it in there, and it immediately made me angry. <laughs> what kind of syrup do you have? Uh, log cabin? It's nothing fancy. Is it like the... It's like literally in a log cabin. Uh, I didn't know if it was the... Like, what's... Oh, that sounds kind of yeah. cool. I thought it was the one with like the, the lady. You know, the bottle's <laughs> like a woman. I don't think they have like, that kind what anymore. Miss, what is it? Miss Buttersworth? Oh, maybe they do. Although I don't... Yeah, didn't that get like <laughs> yeah, banned or something? banned. Because I'm pretty sure... That might have been Aunt Jemima. But, but I... But the other... They were both like people in on the bottle, in the bottle. And I feel like I went and looked yeah. for that specifically not so long ago when we had breakfast for dinner for the first time and <laughs> couldn't find it. Maybe that got banned too. Hmm. If you know, let me know. See, and I need people to tell me if they put syrup in the fridge or in the pantry. And please don't call it syrup. <laughs> well, one person that I know probably calls it syrup as an American is... Connor Sherry, and he was our question. Good corner, transition. Chris hated my minus. Keep um, going. Question E. <laughs> no, I did not hate it. I did not hate it. So, question corner. Our question last week, we have a winner, which is very exciting. The question was, What is Connor Sherry's favorite movie? And his answer was, 
uh, Dumb and Dumber. Why? Gotta elaborate. Um, because I think it's classic humor that you don't really find anymore, and probably the most quotable movie that I've ever watched. So it's in my everyday uh, vocabulary, so I love it. And our one person that guessed it correctly was Kayla on Twitter. So way to go, Kayla. Great job. I'm not sure if you sourced that from the internet somehow. Maybe my hint of saying it's a top five movie for myself (laughs) helped you out, but you have won a Connor Sherry signed puck. So congratulations. And Dumb and Dumber. It's just a great movie. It's a decent movie. I have seen it. I've been accused, Chris, recently of not seeing any of the good slash popular movies from a little bit ago, but I have seen that one. I also have to say, we'll see what producer Steve does with Connor's answer, but I was asking him this question as we were walking out of the rink at the University of British Columbia, so there were some background noises, so I apologize if the audio is a little questionable. Gabby, what do you mean you have... What did you say about movies? You, you've been accused of not like, seeing movies from that time No, period? just like from back then. I don't actually know when this one came out, but like the mo- one that sticks out in my recent memory is mm. Ace Ventura. Never saw it. Don't really care to see it. But everyone was yes, like, what? Yeah. You've never seen that movie? Meh, meh, meh. Meh. You're so out on like late 90s, early 2000s <laughs> comedies, which is a shame well, because it's some of the like- best... Best comedy like movies like came from from that time dumb period. funny and I also feel like that was the time where I was going to Blockbuster with my dad and my mm-hmm. dad was very vocal in we are not renting that get out of here so that's probably why I don't think he's a dumb mm-hmm. funny movie guy what would your dad like to rent I don't know but it was a very serious process of selecting the movie like it just couldn't be a throwaway <laughs> one you know and I feel like a lot of those comedies are mm, yeah eh. all right <laughs> That's true. And it's it was a different time. Like you can't just go on Netflix and, and pick whatever you want. Like you that was an important choice exactly. at Blockbuster. It was very movie, serious. So. A very serious matter. It is what it is. Okay. Should we mm-hmm. give our new question, Chris, or do you want to read the rules and regulations? Let me read the rules and regulations. That way we don't have to end the podcast with <laughs> something with so that again. Each Tuesday morning as the Into the Blue podcast drops, we are giving you a chance to win an autographed puck from a lightning player. In the show, we will give you a question that we asked a player. You have until Sunday night to get your guess in as to what their answer was by responding to our post on X from at Bolts Radio or emailing boltsintotheblue at gmail.com. We'll pick one winner at random from all correct entries. No purchase or payment necessary. Restrictions apply. Visit tampabaylightning.com forward slash into the blue for full rules, prize description, odds, and other info. Um, Something, something prohibited. <laughs> Void where prohibited. Yeah, I've been forgetting. You got the last word. It's all that matters. I thought I saw you sit up when I was halfway through reading it, and I was like, "Oh, she's got this. Like she's she's ready." But sorry, right, void the last where word. void when I'm writing this down so I don't forget again. Void where prohibited, right, guys. I won't make this same mistake twice. All right, now because we've just been so okay. yeah, where okay, moving on to the new question, which I'm gonna read, even though Chris Kren thought of it. What is, yeah, you did. Because this whole segment was your idea and you just came up with great questions. My questions were, what is so-and-so's favorite sea creature? Which we haven't asked yet. I'm kind of embarrassed to. (laughs) Okay. The sea creature question. (laughs) It's not it. It's not it. Okay. This question is, what is Eric Chernak's dream car? What's your dream Ooh. car? Because I know it's not 
It doesn't start with a B. Yeah, well, up until about last week, everyone, it was the new Ford Bronco because it looks awesome. But I test drove one. And as it I as I assume it is supposed to be, it was pretty rugged. And I don't think that's mm-hmm. I, I don't I'm not like gonna go off-roading and I wasn't gonna take the top off because that just sounds like a nightmare with Florida rain. So I feel like it's not my dream car anymore. Chris, I got to think of a new one. What's your dream car? I'd probably go with like a matte black G-Wagon. That'd Ooh. be pretty cool. Yeah, I can get on board with that. Except I want mine to be army green. Oh my God. I actually was going to say like matte army green. That looks so slick. Great minds think alike. All right. I feel like we're just dragging on here. But it doesn't matter what our <laughs> favorite cars are. What is Eric Chernak's favorite car? Figure it out. Send in your guesses. If you get it right. You get a sign puck, an Eric Chernak sign puck. How many people can say they have that? Should should the clue to this question, Chris, be that I had never really heard of this car before? <laughs> yeah, that should help. Even though you said no clues. <laughs> I know. Now I'm, now now I'm just breaking person. all the rules. But I should tell everyone that when he said the car and I looked at him with a confused face, he just had to show me a picture. And then I was like, oh, yeah, cool. I like it. Follow Lightning Radio on social media at Bolts Radio. Well, Merry don't Christmas, forget everyone. to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode in. of Into the Blue. Great ending. Bye.